0: Uh, What an interesting time to be alive. And I'm calling this the ambiguous summer. We don't really know what it's supposed to be. People's vacations are getting canceled. Are they still allowed to go? Are people going to fly? Are people going to go to restaurants? Who knows is really, you know, kind of the big answer to that. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the podcast this is also airing on our Facebook page at State Forth Designs. Uh, just two guys in Colorado having a conversation. David, you're looking really Colorado-y right there. You got your beard, your fire, your good cup of coffee.
1: How you doing right now, man? Good. I'm cozy, you could say, with a flannel and a fire, which generally it would be way too hot, but it's a pretty cool morning up in the mountains, so fire was- it is. Yeah, I was walking in literally
0: uh, to my office yesterday and it just mountains covered with beautiful snow. So this is the state where you could actually go camping in June and get snowed on, uh, yeah. which is one thing I love ab- about our state. This is the time of year, David. I think you and I both live really well in the summer. I think we, we both love getting outdoors. We love fishing. We love camping. We live in a beautiful place. But honestly, I think everybody really looks forward to the summer. It's a season of play. And we're going to talk about replenishment today. And this is the most unique summer that I can ever remember. I mean, this summer, um, we are you know exiting a quarantine season, but we're still in a reentry season. We don't know what this will mean. There's a lot of fear out there. We're probably spending too much time on media and social media. Uh, what an interesting time to be alive! And I'm calling this the ambiguous summer. We don't really know what it's supposed to be. People's vacations are getting cancelled. Are they still allowed to go? Are people going to fly? Are people going to go uh to restaurants? Who knows is really you know kind of the the big answer to that And so as we talk about replenishment uh today, david, I think it's it's helpful for us um to I think frame it with this summer, then with this ambiguous summer. Then with this idea of play and rest, that summer is a time for replenishment, generally. That's something that we absolutely love um, in the summer. But right now, I want to talk about for this last season, before we move into the summer, what's been refilling you in this season?
1: Yeah. uh, Like you said, we, we live in a place, Susanna and I, my wife, and you do as well, that is just really anything you'd want to do up in the mountains or outside is at your fingertips. It's this amazing... Uh, space for us. So we have all sorts of activities that we love to do, which is hiking, walking, fishing, um, you name it, just getting outside, setting a hammock up. So that stuff has always been available to us. But for those who are listening, this season might've hit you uh, kind of like a ton of bricks where maybe you had some margin and some flexibility and you don't know what to do with your time. So if someone asks you, hey, you have a whole weekend to yourself, what would you do? Um, Some of us don't know how to answer that question. Uh, We don't know what fills our tank. We don't know what replenishes us. And so that's kind of the first step when we talk about play or replenishment or rest is what does fill your tank? And some of us have been going nonstop for a very long time. And this has been a moment in which our routines, our rhythms have been disrupted. And it's maybe a gift for some of us. Obviously, the season is not you know, a gift, um, but that disruption could be a gift that you needed to say, okay, what do I do in this time of margin, in this time of flexibility um, to refill my tank? And so for us, there's been some new things. So we got some bird feeders. <laughs> And we set up our, our porch. We have a really small space, 660 square feet. So we needed to like expand our space, um, outside. So we got like rocking chairs and we're going to be like an old couple on a porch with bird feeders, rocking You're an chairs, old soul, David. Uh-huh. some sweet tea. And, um, so we've been doing that. Uh, we become birders and, uh, we've also been walking like nobody's business. I mean, it's been Two to three times a day, Suzanne and I will walk. And yeah, those are the moments where we're like, I don't want this. I don't want to go back to normal if it means not doing this. There are certain things in this season that we've been able to incorporate into our lives that we want to carry into whatever the next season looks like. Um, If it's some sense of normalcy, which we're all desperate for, what I hope is that we don't go back to uh, normal in the areas that we need to adjust, that we need to shift. Um, So if you've been finding rest in the season and replenishment, hold on to that, figure out what is part of this season that, although, you know, the next season is going to look different. I can carry this into, um, you know, normalcy, so to speak. So for us, it's just being outside. We have a small place. We, We live in an amazing amazing, beautiful playground. So for us, it's getting outside and detaching. Um, And that naturally lends itself to getting away from technology, social media. Um, Because when we like go on a walk, we're like, whoa, okay. Like we can take a breath uh, and realize that the world isn't falling apart. um, At least when you're outside for that moment. And um, it's it's really crucial for our souls to have moments like that. What about you?
0: Yeah, when, when we're in the tech space, when we're, you know, whatever it is, glued to the news, glued to Twitter, um, you know, we're just sort of hitting refresh for the last few months. What's next? What's coming? What's reopening? We're in the season that is reentry. Um, I think we are tempted to believe that everything is jacked up in the season, but that's just not true. And creation has been the recentering piece for me. And that's almost always true for me, but there's something about the spring and just coming back alive again. Um, like you have loved just sitting outside. I think somewhere in the midst, we forget about that. And in the cold winter and all that, just to sit outside, to soak in the sun, um, having one or two friends over at a time has been amazing. I've just missed those long conversations. So a- as strange as it is, it's kind of sitting outside, food. Um, I'm, I've been having three or four friends a week over to just reconnect and say, how you doing? How's your heart? Uh, tell me about how you reacted and lived and hit the pause button a little bit in this last season. What was hard? What was stressful sitting around the fire pit at my house? I got this big old fire pit I made out of stone, um, and just this wood pile that's chopped and ready to go. And that's been amazing at a moment's notice to come on over. Don't have to, you know, get the house ready for folks. Um, had somebody actually that we're coaching and is also a friend of ours over last night and just sat and talked for hours while the kids played. Uh, so that's been really fun um, to get the kids out of the house as well. And, you know, walking has been a big one for us. Uh, fishing. Every spring and early summer, I just love getting out and fishing. And so every time I catch a rainbow trout or a brook trout, it's just amazing. I can't describe why I love it so much. But when I go fishing with my kids, it's it's been incredible. Um, had several vacations that are going to be canceled, people that were going to come in town that are not. Uh, so we're heading up to the mountains. And so kind of weekend getaways for camping, that's, been, that's always something that replenishes and refills me. Um, so David, why don't we frame this moment just a little bit? Um, there's a ton of anxiety. So I think that this summer could be the most important time to refill our tanks and to replenish us in the season. I think a lot of leaders are running low right now. I think there's a lot of expectation on leaders, um, church leaders listening. Man, this season of reentry is complex. You've probably gotten some snarky emails or comments or stuff online. That stuff can be hurtful. I mean, that can really be those microaggressions almost against your leadership that really hurt and they really cut. And so, with that frame to this season of anxiety, um, why is this such a crucial topic? right now to talk about replenishment and
1: ultimately refilling our souls this summer? Well, cause we're going to burn out if we don't figure it out. I mean, this just isn't a sustainable uh, way of life at this moment. Um, when I was at a church in Indianapolis, the pastor would talk about this low grade fever of sadness and that when we're constantly on social media or watching the news, there's just, whether you're attached to it or not, or there's degrees of separation, there's just bad news constantly. And we can't have three months of terrible news, both things that hit close to home, but then also just universally carrying this weight of sadness, of anxiety, of stress. And so that's just a human thing. And I think we have to recognize that and realize, okay, why do I feel heavy? Um, why do I feel weighty? And then as leaders, you have the, the heaviness of, okay, now I have to discern and make decisions in a polarized climate and time that have real ramifications and effects. And that stuff is heavy. And for me, I'm just starting to name it and recognize it. I think I've had this low-grade fever of sadness and anxiety, and it's just coming to a head with... Um, maybe like acute anxiety, not Mm -hmm. cute anxiety. It it ain't (laughs) cute, but where it's starting to bubble up to the surface. And I'm realizing, oh, there's been a weight on my life and my leadership for a couple months. And it's coming to a head, especially as we gear towards reopening and make some decisions that have externalities and um, that have differences of opinion. Right now, we live in a divided time. That's right.
0: That's right. Yeah. Leading through this time, is complex. But let's not forget living through this time is complex mm-hmm. as well. So any leader listening to this, you are trying to process the change personally, as you're trying to lead through it and make decisions based on limited information that we, ha- that we know. And like you said, I mean, you've probably gotten the emails, you've probably gotten texts, you've probably gotten a difference of opinion on that. Criticism adds one more layer to this. so not only is it complex, but you're being criticized in the midst of that. Man, Well, what a challenging time for leaders.
1: Yeah. And we can convince ourselves this is a season. And we pray to God it is, obviously. But when one month turns to two months mm-hmm. and then three months, a sprint, we can't transition from a sprinting mentality and posture to a marathon. If we try to sprint a marathon, we're going to burn out. We're going to we're going to crash
0: yourself. Yeah. How yeah. many marathons you run but <laughs> Yeah, that I was planning on doing this summer.
1: Yeah. So we're just going to have to realize and make that transition for ourselves and say, okay, what we thought was a season that we could just push through grit grin and bear it and put our head down and, and press through. We have to make the adjustment to say when something changes from a sprint to a marathon, you're, your response to it has to change. You need to figure out sustainable rhythms and practices. Because if it was a sprint, we'd all just push through and then take a vacation. You know what I mean? But when one month turns to three or four months, um, we have to figure out how do we replenish our tanks regularly, Mm. um, develop consistent rhythms where um, we find life-giving activities um, Mm. that, that fill our tanks. So that's why it's so important. And different ones, even, even as you say that during
0: the quarantine season, I, so I was coaching this guy and I was actually very, cons- very concerned for him. And it started to grow in my mind saying, wow, he seems to be more tired each week. And I ask the question, what's your encouragement level one to 10? What's your energy level one to 10? And I watched that drain and diminish. And what I realized is that the two most life-giving things for him, he's an introvert. And so to him playing golf by himself. And actually he has a job at a country club and playing basketball with other guys. That's something he absolutely loves. Well, he could do neither of those. And so mm-hmm. physical exercise is also interrupted. Timing creation is also interrupted. So he's literally going, I, if, even if I took a few days off, I don't know what would be replenishing. So I think it's worth saying here that just taking a few days off to watch Netflix or lay around on the couch, that doesn't necessarily necessarily replenish each person listening. So not only do we have to figure out what replenishes us, but in this past season, it's had to be different than what it was before. I can't play basketball with the same guys I have for the last 10 years. It's killing all of us. Yeah, We want to be out there playing ball in the relationship. So that's that's another thought, David, is that some of us have actually had to reinvent how we replenish in the season. Totally.
1: I know extroverts that are just feeling completely trapped, you know, with themselves and their own thoughts, and they are completely replenished by gatherings, by parties, by festivities, and all of those things, especially the things you look forward to in the summer. Summer, I mean, here in Steamboat, we have summer concerts and the fireworks, and all of those are canceled. And so... These things that maybe a social butterfly or an extrovert looks forward to, the things that gives them life and re-energize them are just kind of stripped away. And that's painful because you might not even name that that's where you get your energy. You might not know or have kind of even the, the self-awareness about that, but you feel it. You absolutely feel it, especially when it's been missing from your life for yeah, two, three months. And it starts to, to wear on you. And um, the the thing that I've been realizing and what's shifted in my um, approach to rest and uh, the replenishment is because of this kind of low-grade fever of anxiety, when I try to Sabbath once a week, I realize I'm not truly resting or I hadn't been. And I was trying to figure out why is that? Why do I feel like I'm not actually resting? I'm still anxious. I'm still consumed with thoughts. I'm still thinking about the week ahead a week ahead. So I'm not resting. And it took me a while to figure out what that reason was. But for me, and I want to share this with our listeners, but I couldn't rest until my heart was at rest. And I needed to figure out new rhythms of resting my heart, which I didn't need to do, at least to this degree, before all of this. I didn't have that low-grade fever of anxiety that was, I was bringing into my Sabbath. So um after each Sabbath, I'm like, what in the world? I don't feel I don't feel refreshed. Yeah, I would like it's another place. Yeah. Sure. And it was frustrating. It was kind of freaking me out a little bit because the things that had sustained me in the the prior the previous season, I was like, what's the deal? Why is this not working? You know, we we talk about Sabbath so much uh, at Stay Forth. And I'm like, why is it not working in this moment? And so for me, I had to start my Sabbath, start my activities of replenishment by calming my heart, by calming my spirit. And The way that I've been doing that is trying to practice 1 Peter 5, 7, where it talks about casting all of our anxieties and burdens onto the Lord because he cares for us. And so I needed to practically incorporate that rhythm before every Sabbath to say, I know I'm not gonna rest until I try to calm this stinking thing, either in my (laughs) my head or my, my heart and my spirit to actually enter into a time of rest because my heart is now at rest. And so what I would do is just, name all the things that were eating my lunch, all the things that were taking up space in my head, rent free. That was just giving kind of complete ownership and, and uh, uh, I guess sovereignty over my heart were all these things that were bothering me, whether it's decisions I need to make or how we're going to, you know, do this reopening or yeah, what's that person's comment that's been sticking on me um, and causing me to, to be restless. And so I developed rhythms of starting my Sabbath time or starting a walk by giving things over to God, giving over burdens and anxieties um, over to God. And it it has helped immensely. Mm. Learning how to calm my spirit before awesome. I enter into activities that replenish me has, has been a game changer. And so some of you might be listening and you're like, hey man, I've been doing all these things. I've been making sourdough starters, you know, and it's pretty fun or whatever, but like... <laughs> it's not i'm still feeling this way, you know how do i how do I attack this and for me it's been there's a spiritual issue of restlessness in my heart that I had to address, and I didn't recognize it. I was thinking that these kind of physical rhythms that I incorporated into my life were going to fix it, but I needed to address that that heart issue mm-hmm. now in this season, what's been some barriers or adjustments that you've had to make um to really find replenishment or rest. Exactly what you said is that I'm more tired
0: than I have been in the past. And so I think I got used to that, right? We get used to a rhythm, you find it, and then suddenly, like you say, it kind of freaks you out when it doesn't work anymore. And so I had some things that gave me life, gave me relationship, gave me energy, gave me joy in my life that got pulled away. I also have extra things that we're all having to become experts at leading through change. And Mm -hmm. I mean, the the growth curve for all of us is like this. I mean, if it was gradual, it's like this. And what I've said is we've gone from the paved path to the wilderness. So we need to trade our flip-flops for hiking boots and everything's off trail. And so I could walk, I mean, I could go and walk 10 miles on a flat sidewalk right now. And I think I would be hurting, my body would be hurting more if I hiked and sort of scrambled two miles through the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And, and on some rocks. And so I think that's what we're doing is it exercises different muscles. And just honestly, normally by about five, I'm going, yeah, okay, that was a, that was a good day. I was full. I'm tired. It was fulfilling. Now by one or two o'clock, I am tired. So actually I'm starting later in my day. Um, I'm getting a full extra hour of sleep at night. I love a quick nap uh, in the middle of the day because I just need that reset. I mean, I've just been more tired than usual. Um, And at first I felt like, what's wrong with me? Well, we're navigating Mm -hmm. extreme amount of change um, and getting outside for me. I mean, I think that's kind of been our saving grace in the Northern hemisphere during COVID. Uh, It'd be rough to be going into winter. It was so helpful to be seeing more of the sun, longer days, like you say, sitting outside with friends. The fact that we can re-enter into having a few friends over um, has been key, but man, what, what prevents us from that? I think a lack of self-awareness, a lack of naming things, like you say, of this thing is eating my lunch. This thing's a bully in my life. This thing is an anxiety that I've taken on right now. Expectations that others have. Uh, We've had to figure out the role of school in our kids' lives. And how much do I care if another parent may judge me or compare me to the way that they are, you know, living what what looks like an all-star life and they're being an all-star homeschool parent? I'm sorry, but that's not my wife and I. We're just barely surviving this thing, hoping to get them through the school year, you know? And I realized... What had extra space in my heart was how well we're stewarding our kids through this school year. And um, we just had to chuck that. My wife and I had some really good conversations and ultimately said, we're going to do the best we can, but it's not going to be very good. We're just going to get them through this. And that's so helpful. I think not caring on social media to, to look like everything was great or fine in our lives. Uh, um, those kind of things have taken away some of the extra energy that was just getting burned um, in the process of that. Uh, David, just overall, answer this question. If play, replenishment, all these things sound great. They're life-giving. Why do we not do them? Why would we resist God's good gifts and some of the things that we ultimately love to do?
1: In a season like this, everything becomes urgent um, because we're all adapting and trying to you know, to figure it out together. And what we end up doing is putting all of our time and energy towards either trying to get something to survive or, you know, trying to be a parent and a teacher at the same time. And we're, again, if it's a sprint, we can, we can try to do everything at once, maybe, (laughs) you know, and at least we can kind of crash at the end of it. But as we continue to move into this completely different life, we have to realize that we don't have to be all things to all people at all times. We just can't, it's not can't, sustainable.
0: Can't be. Yep.
1: And so we have to recognize I'm tired. These things are affecting me. Um, and I know that sounds weak, especially for leaders or um, you know, it, it culturally for men, it can it can sound weak to say, I need rest. Um, that this really is stressing me out. That I feel anxious, and I think we can pretend for a pretty long time before it really starts to bubble to the surface. And I think we're content with the low-grade fever of sad anxiety and stress, and we pretend like we can push through it. But I think most of us, a lot of especially leaders, are coming to this point where we're saying we can't ignore this any longer. And so for for me. There's almost an excitement with that adaptation. It was almost exhilarating until about Easter. (laughs) And then you're done and you're just like, oh man, we're going to keep going with this, huh? And I think some people haven't gotten out of that phase that they're still maybe it's, I don't think it's exhilarating for anyone anymore, but maybe there's that still that drive of like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to tackle it. We're going to figure everything out right now in this moment. And um, man, I applaud the effort and I applaud kind of that, that grit, but it, again, it's just not sustainable. So I think yeah, I'd say careful. Yeah. Right?
0: If, if our mentality is push through it, what I hear you saying is that only works for a time. And literally what's inside of us can only get us so far. And that's what I think started to concern me with coaching clients, friends I'm talking to. What I saw in myself was that, man, that dries up at some point Mm -hmm. and we have to be refilled by the Lord. I mean, God's got to pour something supernatural back into us. Times Mm -hmm. in the word have been life for me and I've changed it up. The translation of scripture that I read, I change up every once in a while. I've actually been listening to the Bible app as I walk and it's been incredible, right? As Mm -hmm. I hear the birds chirping and I'm walking, I'm a kinesthetic learner. That's been amazing to me. So maybe changing it up um, would be helpful. And I'd love to hear kind of some practical tips from you as well, David. But even just realizing that I don't have extra space in my life to do everything I want to do. And I'm going to have to say no more judiciously than I would in the past. Mm -hmm. I need more discernment if it's a neutral, I'm going to have to say no. If I don't need to do this, if it's not the right next opportunity, I had to eliminate a lot of good from the middle. Because if I'm going to sleep and rest a little bit more, spend more time with my family, have more time for a few friends as we're now now allowed to interact with a few people, man, I can't do everything I was doing before. And um, I'm just not anxious to get back to driving very much. I've been walking to our new office every single day, riding my bike a lot, Uh, And even just tracking my miles, that's been really cool to -hmm. say, man, somewhere between two and six miles a day, I'll walk, bike, run. And that's been incredible to see the world at a slower pace for me. So those are a few things that I would just say have been life. And I didn't expect that heading into this, but we kind of have to reinvent um, if we want different results. Um, Give some practical advice. We're always big on practical advice and thoughts. For leaders wanting to refill and replenish in macro... Before we get back to the fall, but just in micro each week, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say to leaders that, that want to refill and replenish?
1: Yeah. Well, to go back, just to one thing that you were saying, and it just hit me, is that a crisis obliterates boundaries a crisis like this obliterates boundaries. We all are going to look at it. We're like, yeah, we're going to adapt and we're going to adjust that, which is great. We all have to do that. But again, if you obliterate your boundaries and your rhythms that you had before, and we are going to have to adapt, but we are going to have to create new boundaries in this season. We, We can't do everything and be everything in this season. So for you talking about just kind of recognizing I'm not going to be, you know, teacher of the year while I'm working full-time, while I'm trying to parent, while I'm trying to do all the things that I was doing before and just recognize we need to set new boundaries in this season. Um, Because all bets are off once you hit crisis mode. You know what I mean? Like if if a house is on fire, you're not thinking about boundaries. You're just trying to uh, save what you can and do what you can um, and react. And I think we're past the point of reaction. And now we have to proactively move into to setting up new boundaries and new rhythms. For me, I want to go back to that, um, that kind of setting your soul at rest, setting your heart at rest with a really practical thing that I've been doing. And I, we call it a palms up prayer. And I've been sharing it in, um, in uh, our sermons. And it's just a, a physical posture of giving things over to God. And what you do, and I would encourage you, you guys to try this out. It might sound a little hippy dippy and weird, but I promise you it's, it's not. And it's been really helpful for me, but you start with your uh, fists clenched and you start naming all of the things. There you go. Yeah. This is like a nice... Braxton, I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. You start with your fists clenched and you start naming uh, either internally or externally. Maybe you do this with a spouse or a loved one. You start naming all the things that are just consuming your mind. Um, that you are trying to grip for control, Um, the things that uh, are giving you anxiety, the things that you want to give over to God, to God, I can't keep carrying all of these things. Um, And then as you name those things, you begin to slowly open your fists, uh, giving those over to God and saying, God, you are sovereign, you are good. I trust you with all of this stuff because it, it matters to me. That's why it's gnawing at me. Um, And now you're in a posture to receive and receive an extra measure of peace, receive an extra measure of grace and to ask God for those things, to ask God for his strength and his uh, ability to sustain you, um, his calming presence and his spirit. Um, That's something that I've been doing on walks. And I don't always do the posture on a walk because that looks a little weird with my eyes closed, walking (laughs) like this with my fists in the air, but it's, if it's you know you spend it in the morning, but but particularly what I would encourage you to do is to spend your Sabbath day, the day that you set aside uh, to rest. I would start your day with that and see what it does to your soul. See if it calms something. See if there's a settledness in your heart moving into that Sabbath where you can start doing all those activities that fill you. But for me, I could not really be replenished or rested until I. Set my heart at ease, and that has been a really practical posture to do that, a prayer posture and it's been awesome. I mean really it's been like life-changing for me um, in this season to to be practicing that, especially before Sabbath, but I'll do this like pretty much daily because I need it daily. Um, and you know it takes five minutes of recentering yourself, um, naming the things that are eating your lunch, giving them over to the Lord and then receiving. Uh, the peace and the rest that he has for you. So super practical, super meaningful for me. And I I hope if you guys start practicing that, your heart can begin to be calmed as you enter into things that replenish you.
0: That's really good, man. I was thinking about that. It's just a, a couple things slowing down. The speed is an issue for me. That's when I make the greatest mistakes. Um, that's when I have uh, the least amount of empathy for my kids, for others Mm -hmm. in my life. It's when I overstack my life or try to do too much in a day. It starts at the beginning of the day for me. So even I find just walking to work, it's one mile uh, to our new office and just going at three miles an hour, uh, something about that, right? If I'm driving through traffic at the beginning of the day, it's interesting how I can stay busy or stay fast the rest of the day. Listening to a, a podcast, my my brain works at 1.5 or 2x speed. That doesn't mean it should. And so slowing that down, if I'm listening to something just at 1x and then um, I'll hit pause and I'll just spend five or 10 minutes thinking about that. Wow, that was really good versus cramming more info in. Um, reading a few less books uh, right now, but trying to read them more carefully and take some more notes. So simple. I mean, none of this stuff is like... Earth-shattering, but even what you mentioned, like we're carrying more stress in our bodies than we think, and even just have a practical, simple way to release that. To go, man, like I'm, I'm mm. carrying more stress than I thought. Um, I take walks between meetings sometimes, especially if I'm feeling like a Zoomie that day. So many Zoom calls in a row, uh, I'll shorten the meeting and just say, "Hey, let's just meet for 30 minutes. We don't have to talk about everything." Uh, and I'll walk in between meetings. We actually, the new office sits right here on a nature preserve, and I'll just walk outside and sit and breathe. And 15 minutes of that can do it. Um, The last thing for me has been just a two-minute break. I'll go outside for two minutes and just breathe. And kind of this prayer that I've had that's been helpful is just, God, give me manna. Give me just Mm -hmm. enough for this meeting, just enough for today, just enough wisdom for this next 90 minutes for this coaching call that I have. Give me enough wisdom and discernment for this person. And maybe the last thing is actually just um, every single morning writing... Uh, My daily schedule out in my right setup journal. We we gave this Mm -hmm. journal out for a reason. We sell this for a reason. Um, It goes along with every single coaching client that we have. Is when crisis goes up, structure needs to go up even more. Mm -hmm. Because if not, we're just going to get pulled into the next thing. So I find that that rudders me, and I say, God, what am I supposed to do today? This is all that I can do today, and just to be okay with that. To say I'm not infinite. I can't just cram ten more things in. Um, that day. And yet it's always pulling on me to answer one more email, send one more text, create one more piece of content and say, this is it today. And a few times I've gone home early and it's been incredible. I love surprising my family and going home early uh, when I'm expecting to work a full day and going, man, instead of pushing through this and emailing for another 30 minutes, I'm just going to walk home and be present um, with my family in the front yard. That's It's been awesome. Um, David, uh, any thoughts of encouragement? Just as we close up this episode, I think you're really good at this. I think you're really aware of this. Sometimes you don't get my text until the next day as you've put your phone away. That's something we have both been really convicted about um, is trying to get off of technology. Any encouragement uh, to leaders? I know a lot of leaders are discouraged about this, maybe feeling exhausted or tired right now. Can you leave listeners with an encouragement?
1: If you're leading right now, you are juggling. A ton. And I, I'm guessing a lot of people don't see it, especially if you're a church leader. There is a heaviness that I feel in this season. And I'm guessing a lot of other people feel as well. And just acknowledging it will do you a whole lot of good. Just acknowledging it, naming it, maybe talking it through with your spouse. There was a night about three nights ago where I just told Susanna um, just how heavy I felt. In the last really the last week is when I've realized it and acknowledged it. And that I think is extremely freeing for you to say, this isn't normal. I wasn't trained for this. I wasn't necessarily even prepared for this. And God, you do need to give me the strength to continue moving through the next hour, the next day, the next week. So, first acknowledging it would be my encouragement to you. And for you to to take a breath and realize that this is this is heavy this is hard um, there's pain in this and there's um, pain and change and transition. And so for all the the all the all things that you've probably had to grieve, either the loss of vacation or the loss of your plans, or maybe you had all sorts of things that you were moving towards in the summer that now has to be adjusted and changed. That stuff matters um, and you feel it and it's okay to feel it. Um, because I think that's the first step to actually learning how to rest. If we ignore it and bury it, um, again, you might do the things that that Granted, you rest before, but you won't actually rest. Your Sabbath will uh, come and go and you're going to be like, dang, I could use another one of those. I could use a vacation. Um, and you probably do need a vacation. But first acknowledge how heavy it is. I think that's the first uh, start to being able to, to, to find rest and replenishment for your soul. So if that's you, uh, just know that you're not alone. That I feel it, Alan feels it. Other leaders feel it. The, this is heavy times for leaders, and uh, we're all in this together. And we're going to figure out how to press through. But the first thing is just owning it, naming it, so that you can uh, give it over to the God, give it over to God and find rest in that moment. Yeah, we, as we close this episode, um, much like David is
0: saying, we're with you guys. We we are in the trenches. We don't talk from a high and mighty stage. Um, We're actually experts in this because we're practitioners in this because we're feeling these same fears, anxieties. And so um, we actually record these in the midst of our regular weeks that are stressful and are busy and, like you said, are are heavy. Um, I want to encourage you guys with this thing is that you are more tired than you think and you need to rest more than you think. And if there's any time that you can have a quote-unquote excuse right now to be able to take a breath, to be able to take a few hours, to be able to work a little bit less in the season, talk with your boss if you need to, talk with somebody else and say, "I need to take a few days." The second thing is, disappointment is real. I have not had egregious losses. I've not lost a family member mm-hmm. to COVID in this season. I've not had to do tons of funerals. I didn't have a wedding I had to do on on Zoom. I know people have been married in the season. I mean, those are like massive things. You have to grieve, mm-hmm. and that'd be more like a knife to your heart. This is like a dull spoon, but disappointment is real. And I feel like I've had a dull spoon sort of digging into my heart for the last season. It took me time to acknowledge that, but the losses are real. We've all lost something. If you don't acknowledge it, it is going to sneak back up on you as frustration, as anger, going to come out against other people. I've had to apologize. Uh, I've been a cranky dad in this season. Uh, I've not been as communicative as as I wish I could have been with other people, but I'm not going to beat myself up about that. I'm going to take my next right step, make sure that I refill and I replenish so I can continue to refill and replenish other people uh, in this season. So leader, you're worth investing in. Your family is worth investing in. You're going to have to say no to some things. Uh, everybody's expectations of you and your own expectations are just simply unrealistic in this season. And I hope that's encouraging to you. You're completely normal, completely unique, all at the same time, uh, both sides of the same coin. We hope that these conversations encourage you and affirm you, uh, maybe give you some practical ideas, but if anything, just let you know this conversation matters. It's worth having. Don't just move on to the next season. We have to make sure that we grieve some of the disappointments and losses of this season. Um, As always, we come to you every Tuesday and Thursday. Some of these are COVID-specific, re-entry-specific, some are specific. Some of these are just timeless that we think are great conversations. We're gonna talk about all kinds of topics uh, throughout this summer, so keep tuning in, keep sharing these. David and I always have some fun throughout the summer and we want you guys to as well. As we say every single episode, we're crazy enough to believe you can live and lead for the long haul without losing your soul. We even believe that in the season. And we continue to coach leaders in that. We continue to prepare and equip. Our team of coaches is actually expanding in the season. We're really excited about. We'll introduce you to to some of our new Stay Forth Network uh, coaches. We're just excited about what God's doing. uh, And we do believe that God is doing some things in this season. Uh, We know it's a hard season to lead through. So thanks for tracking along with us. We absolutely love coming to you and uh, look forward to this summer. Refill, replenish so that ultimately you can continue to live and lead as God has designed you.